You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Hey friends, I am super excited today on Walk It Out to be talking about fiction. And often um, it's so easy just to talk about nonfiction books because there's the story and the elements and all the things that we can learn. But I think we can learn also so much from fiction and just how we're pulled into the story and the emotions, it really comes through. So let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Lindsay Harrell is a lifelong book nerd who lives in Arizona with her young family and two golden retrievers in serious need of training. She's held a variety of writing and editing jobs over the years and now juggles stay-at-home mommyhood with writing novels. When she's not writing or chasing after her children, Lindsay enjoys making a fool of herself in Zumba, which was <laughs> what, what I would do, I'm curling <laughs> up with anything by Jane Austen and savoring sour candy one piece at a time. So welcome, Lindsay. Thanks for having me, Trisha. It's so fun to be here. <laughs> it's so fun to chat with you and just connect with you. And okay, so here's my story. We're gonna be I'm gonna ask you to introduce yourself a little bit more in a minute, but I just have to say your novel, The Joy <laughs> of Falling. So I got it last week and I'm like so tired. I'm like, well, I'm just gonna read one chapter just to fall asleep. An hour later, I'm like, okay, I really need to go to bed. So I enjoyed it so much. But before we dig into that, just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, as my intro said, I have a young family. So I've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old, two boys, and um, I stay home with them. And um, yeah, just I started writing novels in 2011, started pursuing publication then. And um, I've lived in Arizona most of my life. Um, and so this is where we've made our home for a long time. And yeah, just, I don't know, just uh, working and Doing that, mommy, doing that mommy <laughs> life, right? <laughs> that is my life. People are like, oh, you know, you're writing. I'm like, yeah, and the kids are running around. And I'm like trying to concentrate. And it's a whole different thing. It's not the like writer up in the cabin sipping tea on huh. the deck. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Do you find your, find your life just a little bit crazier than you would have imagined? Oh, yeah. And what's interesting is I actually remember my first contact with you was um, – well, one of the one the one of the first times uh, I chatted with you was uh, when I was pregnant with my oldest, and so I was you know scared that I wouldn't have time for writing and whatever. And you um, you gave me some words of assurance, and um, also uh, sent me a book that you'd written about that very thing about <laughs> being able to juggle. <laughs> was that the one? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so. it, I, I just will have to say it's so important, though, I think, for moms to just con continue to pursue their dreams and mm -hmm. to follow God. And um, I think just 
not just, but I mean, caring for kids is a lot, but right. if that is our only focus, we kind of lose ourselves and God's purpose. And I know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, my oldest is 31. I mean, I'm almost 31. He'll be 31 in a couple of weeks. And um, I can just see like me pursuing my dreams has helped my older kids now that they're adults pursue their dreams. Mm-hmm. And it's just like so many times we think, oh my goodness, I'm such a bad mom because I'm like, no, I have to work or whatever. Um, but I have seen in the long run that, I mean, we are meant to follow God and the dreams he's put on our heart. And I know like you have the tough job right now but when they're little. That's even harder <laughs> than even when they're teens or whatever. Yeah, it's a lot of energy required for sure. Although not, I mean, like right now, at least they'll like play together. And so they can at least occupy each other. I mean, I am breaking up fights a lot. Yeah, exactly. We're kind of in the like, okay, I can work a little bit, but I keep getting interrupted every five, 10 minutes, you know, for uh, refereeing. But um, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) those little, little, the little, little ages were really extra tough (laughs) they they are yeah and then like your brain's so tired like i'm actually supposed to put words together on the page Uh right (laughs) right yeah Uh uh-huh but that's what i mean you know you have these little babies at home and you've written these novels and sent them out into the world and there's there's always like the publicity and all the kind of stuff that goes with it yeah Um, what do you think what encouragement would you have you know we're talking about like I encouraged you. What encouragement would you have? Maybe there's a someone out there that's like, oh, I have this dream, but I don't know. I don't know if I should do it. Oh, well, I think that there's no better time than the present, really. I mean, if you, unless you feel God telling you differently, like very Mm -hmm. clear no, then, you know, because I know some people who like have very clear like weight like, Mm -hmm, um, but unless you, if it's mostly just like fear and uncertainty about how you're going to pursue something, I just say, go for it. Try and like, look at your schedule and find even 15, 30 minutes of time. Like we all have at least that, even though it seems like it wouldn't be enough. If you do that consistently, you're going to have a book by the end or whatever your dream is. Like just, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like, like you said, like it, it was something for me, especially in those little baby years where I could have something to look forward to outside of one more feeding, one more diaper change, yeah. one more, you know, restless, you know, sleepless night or whatever. So, um, yeah, I say, I say do it now. Like, don't yeah. wait. That's right. <laughs> waited and a I, long time. <laughs> yeah, and I, I say the same thing. Like, at, if you did 30 minutes a day, by the end of the year, you would have something to show mm-hmm. for it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, even if you have to throw half the words away, sometimes, you know, just, right. just doing it consistently, you have something mm-hmm. to show for it. And another thing I always tell people is to, like, look into your own life and, like, what are the highs and the lows and the things that really moved you, changed you, stirred you. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to write about, which I think is exactly mm-hmm. why your book is so impacting um, the joy of falling. And we'll talk about that in a second. But um, I, before we jump into kind of a little bit about the story, I don't want to give too much away. But um, I have to say as a mom who has adopted kids from foster care, mm-hmm. um, the kids in the book and their actions and reactions and interactions, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so true of kids that are going through grief and trauma. Um, so I just have to say, you know, reading it from outsiders, adopted kids, um, you know, in your book, they have the loss of their father. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's what foster care is. That's what 
adoption mm-hmm. is, there's loss in their lives and just their individual actions and reactions and how they talk to their mom, all the things. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, it's so true. And I think sometimes we see kids acting out or we see anger or we see mm-hmm. holding back and it's, we almost think like it's a discipline issue. Like, oh, we need to you know, mm-hmm. discipline them or get them mm-hmm. to obey or get them to change their attitude without realizing there's something else behind it. There's mm-hmm. more, there's pain, there's grief, there's anger. All, I mean, whatever is the, that emotion is deeper than we often think with kids. And I think when we take time, instead of just jumping straight to, you need to respect me or you need to treat me better, all those things mm-hmm. with our kids. Um, so that's, that's my little soapbox moment, which I think you've done well. <laughs> so oh, just thank tell, you. <laughs> tell us a little bit um, first, why you decided to write this book. Well, um, I think I knew eventually that I would write a book about grief. Um, when I was 19, I lost my mom to cancer. She, um, she had it when I was younger and then it came back when I was 15. And so for the next four years, she, um, was sick off and on. And, um, we knew for probably about a year and a half that she was going to pass away because she was actually on Mm -hmm. hospice for that long. So it was definitely a grief journey for me. Um, and so I didn't want to necessarily write about a, a mom who had passed away. Um, but I just, I got it in my mind, like, you know, about how different people deal with grief differently. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that would be a really interesting thing to kind of examine through fiction and through characters. And so I thought, well, what if somebody, what if two women experienced the exact same loss and like, how would they maybe react differently to it? So the, in the book, the women, um, two sisters-in-law lose um, their husbands who were brothers in a freak scuba diving accident and so and it takes place about 15 months after the deaths have occurred so the deaths don't occur on the page but Mm -hmm. um so we see like after the initial shock has worn off how are they living or not living you know how are how have they found healing or not and how are they dealing with this grief and so one character is very much dealing with um dealing with it in a way that she's kind of stuck in her grief. She doesn't want to move on because she doesn't want to forget her husband and he was her world. And so she doesn't really, um, so she's just like everything that she's doing and she's motivated by the grief process, kind of like, I'm going to stay doing things that he would want me to do, that Mm -hmm. he found meaningful or that he found significant and kind of loses herself in the grieving. And then the other is a mom of three who was homeschooling and now she's forced to work two jobs um, to make ends meet. And she's mad at her husband too yeah. for dying. Like she's like, I told him not to do this like dumb adventure stuff, right? So, um, so she's kind of not dealing with it because she's so busy and she just doesn't really want to deal with her anger too. Um, so I just I think I initially started out just to kind of. Um, you know, I, I've always thought it was a little fascinating how people dealt with grief differently. For instance, uh, my brother and I dealt with the death of my mom very differently. I went to school the day after her funeral because, like, I just couldn't sit around. Like, I'm very much like Angela in that way, the, mm. um, the mom in the book who, like, and I think I dealt with it more than she did probably because I had, you know, I had counselors and stuff at my disposal and I was, you know, whatever. But um, I... Um, just went and kept doing my routine. And probably a lot of that is because I wanted to feel in control of something. Right. Uh Um, and then my brother, he stayed home and didn't go to school for like a week or two. Cause he just, and he just, you know, 
couldn't get out of bed. And, you know, so, and neither one is wrong. It's just like how we deal with and process grief differently. So I just thought that's, that's initially kind of why I wrote the book, but. Yeah. And I, I love that you were able to explore that too, because, it, you know, first you get in one character and you're like, oh yeah, I can totally see her losing herself. And then you get another mm-hmm. character and like, I could totally see why she's mad. <laughs> like, you mm-hmm. can relate to both of them, even though they're completely different. And I think it is so true that all of us handle grief differently, handle mm-hmm. um, just how we relate to our emotions, how we interact. And, and even shutting ourselves off because we're grieving may come across completely different to the people around us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't even have to be a death. It could be the death of a dream. It could be loss. I mean, <laughs> right, right. in a pandemic, it could be right. like, I know. loss of our normal lives. Yeah. And so I love that. I mean, your book has nothing to do with the pandemic, but I could see so much of the mm-hmm. grieving process, even in what we're going through in daily life. And that's what I love about fiction is like, you don't even realize you're processing your own emotions or what you're going through or things that have happened. Or like I said, things with my kids, I could totally see them in it. And it's in these characters. So it's not like someone's telling you, well, you should really think about your kids or you should think about the pandemic. But as you're reading, you're kind of processing things and, and fiction is able to do that. And I love that. I love that, you know, your personal experiences tie in. So you talked about you, maybe you would, you were a little bit more like Angela. Did you relate as you continued on with the book with her character more? Yeah, I think so. I think that, um, she kind of goes through a process of self-discovery and, um, and also I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm, it's, it's hard. I'm a little bit of a mix of both. I'm probably more Mm -hmm. emotional like Eva, who is, Mm -hmm. you know, the artist who, um, just feels and doesn't think. So I, I, I'm not really like, I, I just, I'm more emotive probably because I'm a writer and, um, all of, and a creative, but, um, yeah, a lot like Angela, like get the task done. I want to feel in control of something, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know? So, and, and almost like to like, I don't want to take any blame for any of like, I, <laughs> you know, like, um, I, this is somebody else's fault. Like, it's really easy to blame other people, especially when you're, mad about something and you right. know so she yeah um yeah I think I, I'm yeah I'm a little bit of both I guess like a dreamer kind of like Eva more emotive but definitely I've dealt I, when I dealt with my mom's like death like more like Angela so yeah well I don't want to give the whole story away but <laughs> there's a big thing that they decide to do which ends up I mean bringing so much out of them. So tell us just a little tiny bit because I don't want to give away too much of the story. That's the thing about the novel. Like, I, I would just want to talk about it all, but no. You want people <laughs> to read and experience it for themselves. Right. right. So they um, find out uh, after a few chapters into the book, um, Eva finds out that their husbands actually, because they, they did all sorts of like adventurous stuff. Um, and so they had signed up to do an ultra marathon in New Zealand. And so it comes time where, you know, they haven't paid their deposit, obviously, because they have died and their wives don't know that they've signed up for this. And so the coordinators contact them and ask them, um, you know, are, are we going to be able to, you know, count on you or are we, you know, and the wives decide to um, run the ultra marathon in their husband's place. And so, um, yeah, I loved that idea of, oh, and, and an ultra marathon for those who don't know, well, it has different, like different lengths and stuff, but this one specifically is 155 miles spread out over seven days. So not something I would want to do <laughs> ever, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, and I, and it's funny because I'm not really a runner. I have run a few races, but that was more like 
something to check off my list and now I'm good. I'm good now. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, and like Eva is not really a runner and neither, Angela used to be a runner, but she's not anymore. You know, uh, she's got the mom bod going on and she, right. walk, you know, she walks like on the treadmill as a way to like wind down at the end of the day. But, you know, so it basically, it essentially is like six months of training and, um, which is very um, emotional and mental for them. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole journey is not just a physical one, but I liked using kind of the physical journey to display some of that emotion and healing and what they have to go through just to get to healing, you know? So, yeah. And it goes back to discovering yourself, which we talked about in the beginning about mm-hmm. you know, right. your dreams and who you are. And mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, as we sit down and I mean, we're moms at home writing novels, you do get to discover more about yourself. And mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes the writing feels like a marathon. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but I, I think it is that discovery and challenging ourselves. And um, yeah, so we're, I don't want to go into too much, but it's so good. And I love how the physical often does reflect what's going on inside and in mm-hmm. our lives. And the cool thing is, as writers, is we get to live these worlds. I mean, you got to live the ultra uh-huh. marathon training world. It's so funny because I, I wanted a garden so bad for Mother's Day. And I kept telling my husband, I need a garden. I want a garden. And it's like, I know you. You will not be out there like feeding. <laughs> and I was like, I've written book a couple books with gardeners and I'm thinking I'm a gardener (laughs) right he's right I'm not a gardener but just because I've written about it I Uh feel like I've experienced this world and yes I'll be out there tending my garden and whatever so he built me this like it's up on this platform with like covered so that weeds can't grow I mean he just did this thing that he knows is like self-maintaining I don't have to do very much that's my kind of garden right there (laughs) but I think when we write we get to we get to live these different worlds and we get to experience these different things Mm -hmm. so just tell us a little bit maybe of what you learned during the writing process uh I think that well anytime in the writing process I feel like God uh likes to um tap me on the shoulder and be like, this is something you are dealing with. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially as I'm getting closer to discovering kind of, I'm a, I'm someone who plots. So I know the general plot, but I think a lot of times the spiritual thread in my books Mm -hmm. kind of surprises me. And I'm like, Oh, that's what they need to learn. Okay. Which really means that's what I need to learn. Right. (laughs) You know? So I think that it just always is a, um, one of my favorite, um, writing teachers, um, Susan May Warren, uh, said to me once, and she said this to multiple people, but like, if writing doesn't change you, then what's the point? Like if it doesn't mm-hmm. change you as an author. And so that has so been so true for me, um, in writing every book that I've written, I just feel like there's some little nugget of truth or a big truth that smacks me upside the head. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> and mm-hmm. in this book, it's like, um, it was a real reminder to, um, have joy even in all circumstances and how we can have joy and how joy is different than happiness even, you know? So, um, Eva in the book is like striving for happiness. Like she's, she's like, my husband was my world. I was happy. We were happy. And now what do I do? Like, how can I possibly live life and find any sort of happiness again? And it's like through her mother-in-law, um, who goes along with them to like help watch the kids and stuff, um, to New Zealand. Um, you know, they talk a lot about, um, she, you know, she talks about joy and how Mm -hmm. it's possible to have joy 
even when everything's falling apart around you, which I think obviously right now during May 2020, uh, the pandemic, like yeah. we can all relate to that a little bit too, you know, like even though our world like is very uncertain and everything um, is out of our control, like God is still there and he is still faithful. And, you know, when we are being reconciled to him and, um, and following him, then we can find a deeper joy than than that temporary happiness that you know so many of us search for in our daily lives so yeah that's so good again i totally relate to you about the spiritual threads um because it is easier to plot you know we know the outlines we need mm-hmm. we need to know we need to have challenges and the climax and the resolution mm-hmm. all these right. things but it's so true the spiritual part of it I, I agree with i think it comes out with my books too as i'm going along and sometimes i i'm writing a scene and i feel like i'm having church even mm-hmm. though the scene has nothing to do with i mean maybe underlying thread of spirituality just mm-hmm. i can see god so much clearly and and it's mm-hmm. like yeah, we are changed as we sit down with these characters in the novels and um, it helps me process things that maybe I've gone through. So that's what I was interested in. Like, did it help you think about your mom's death differently or process things or um, how how did that impact even your memories and thoughts and experiences as you're writing this novel? Yeah. So, one thing I did before I started writing it was I met with a friend of mine who is a counselor and I just kind Mm -hmm. of asked her like, Hey, um, you know, can you talk me through like what you normally, um, you know, like how would a person be when they're grieving this or the, you know, whatever. And she actually walked me through a, um, process of that she does with some of her clients where they have to um, she has like this whole wall of just knickknacks and they have to pick out things um, that remind them of the person that they're um, grieving, you know, the loss of. And so like specifically when she's dealing with grief in that way. Right. Um, and so then she has them place them on this, like in this like sand pit type thing and place them in wherever they want. And then she has them walk through and um, explain why that made them, you know, think of the person. So she actually had me do that. And it's been 15 years since I lost my mom. And like, I was sobbing at the end and I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, <laughs> this is crazy. But I think what I realized is like, and you know, you know this in the back of your mind, but like grief is never really done. Mm-hmm. Like, and it changes as you get older. So like when I was 19, I couldn't grieve the fact that my, like I could grieve it in theory, but I couldn't actually grieve the loss of my mom and, and like, you know, raising my kids and like having my mom to like call up and be like, Hey, so how would you deal with this? Um, type of, you know, <laughs> discipline issue or whatever, right? Like, my daughter, my daughter right. in the Czech Republic, I get this uh, video call, well, uh, no, phone call. And all of a sudden she's like, mom, Amelia just bit into, Amelia's 16 months. Amelia just bit into super glue. What do I do? <laughs> right, yeah. right. So stuff like that. So it's like, it's just very interesting to think about, you know, like, okay, I, like grief changes, it not only changes you, obviously, which is pretty, you know, um, something I probably knew, but it, 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 it self changes. And so like, and, and, you know, I can still be triggered and to even today and grief is not the same as when I, you know, when it first happened and like where it's just like, you're standing in the ocean and the waves keep coming, they keep pummeling you. Like 
maybe sometimes it's like a wave that's like lapping against your ankles or you don't even notice it or whatever. And then something happens and a wave comes and it knocks you over and you're like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you haven't healed. But I think also like, I hate the term, like you're, you've moved on. Like, no, Mm -hmm. that's not true. Like you never leave the person or the dream or whatever behind or, you know, whatever loss you've had, like it becomes part of you and you learn how to move forward with it. Like, and so that's kind of, that was a big part of, yeah, the process of writing this was discovering that um, kind of truth. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's helpful for us to remember that about other people. You know, we say, mm-hmm. oh, that was so long ago. They probably don't think about it. Or, you mm-hmm. know, I have a, a friend, she's a writer friend and she's a single older lady and I, uh, she was married before and she had lost two children to miscarriage. Mm-hmm. You know, she knew one was a boy and one was a girl. And so mm-hmm. on Mother's Day, I just thought of her and I texted her and I'm like, hey, just thinking about you today. I'm thinking of your sweet ones in heaven and just know how much you've mm-hmm. been a, uh, just a lovely friend to me. And she just wrote back she goes I'm sobbing I cannot believe we remember that Aww. you know and it's like if something comes to our mind and we think if we're thinking about it like if we're mm-hmm. thinking about our friend's loss no doubt they're thinking about their loss and it just helps like just send a note and I've never had someone say like oh you totally brought up these emotions and feelings and I was having a great day until you texted or called or emailed right. they would not do that because they're just like so thankful mm-hmm. that you remember and that you're mm-hmm. thinking about them um, and so totally. I think if we think about it or see something come up on a memory in Facebook, you know, just reach out to that person and let them know that you're thinking about them and praying for them and thinking about the loved one they lost. You know, I have one friend, another friend, her mom loves smiley faces. So sometimes if I'll see like a smiley face in the random places, I'll be like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I thought of your mom. And you know, just those little things, even though I've never met her mom, but I knew that about her, you know, those little things is just helps us to connect with people and let them know that we do care and um, mm-hmm. that it's okay to keep thinking about it and that there's going to have hard days and good days um, but loss is loss right totally and you know, even with my you know kids that we adopted um, you know at first when they would talk about their bio parents I wouldn't think like you're in foster care a lot of horrible stuff happened <laughs> you know why would you bring up your fifth birthday cupcake or you know what I mean but then I realized like there's good memories mixed in with bad memories so even if the loss mm-hmm. is due to something hard there is good stuff mixed in and right. like now I just listen and ask questions and when they you know bring something up I'm like really oh that's some, that must have been a really great day or like mm-hmm. I don't have to feel threatened by that to let people right explore those different emotions. Yeah, totally. I think that anytime we like, and this relates to just life in general, but there's always a reason for like why somebody is acting the way that they're acting, Mm -hmm. whether they're grieving something or just something else is going on in their lives. And I think one of the best things that we can do is just give a lot of grace to people and just remember, like, we don't know what they're suffering. We don't know what they're going through. And, you know, it could be, it could be something like small or it could be some big thing that, you know, happened in their past or is happening now. And we just don't know. And so when you meet that person in the grocery store, who's just like, super rude or mm-hmm. <laughs> like whatever, or, you know, people, a friend on Facebook who's just spewing like all this hate or something. I don't know. It's just, or being just really, usually a lot of times I feel like it comes out in like anger or rudeness mm-hmm. and like, we're just like, Oh, what is wrong with that person? And it's like, well, there really is something wrong with them. Right. <laughs> like, like, so I don't know. I, I try to remind myself of that. Like, we don't know, you know, what, what people are going through and why they're reacting the way they are. And if you can just offer a little prayer up for them or, you know, reach out somehow, if you feel called to do that, then yeah. Yeah. So good. So many good things. Um, okay. So what encouragement do you have maybe now? Um, I, I know 
even though we're going to a pandemic, I've had friends that have lost loved ones or like mm-hmm. this grief on top of already grief. What mm-hmm. encouragement would you have like to help someone that is maybe going through a very hard loss? Oh man. Well, I would definitely say, um, you know, surround yourself with people that love you if you can. I know physically that might not be possible mm-hmm. right now. Um, but like allow people to reach into your life, allow people to serve you if they offer, you know, I know it's sometimes we think like we should be able to stand on our own two feet, but especially when you're grieving, that is not, it is okay to collapse and it you do not have to be strong for everyone else around you. I mean, mm-hmm. especially if you're like a mom, you've got little kids or, you know, whatever right. that are depending on you, like, it's okay to let them see your grief too. Um, I think that's something in the book that Angela um, doesn't realize is like her kids need to, like, they think she's not grieving. They think that she doesn't miss their dad. Like they're like, what is going on? And she's just trying to be strong for everybody. Right. Um, And I would also say, um, if you can, and I don't, it it might be, you know, if it's really fresh, then obviously um, this might not be, something that you want to think about, but find some physical way to like, remember that person or something Mm -hmm. that I have, I have friends who have um, miscarried and they like planted a little garden or put some, you know, put like a marker. Um, one of my friends has these little, um, things that go in her window, you know, that stick on the window or whatever. They're little, um, I can't remember if they're, uh, like forget me not flowers or something like that, you know, for every baby that she's lost, you know, mm. and like mm-hmm. just a physical reminder is so helpful and just like relevant. And if you're somebody who knows somebody who's going through something like that, you know, like get them a little, I don't know, those little willow tree, there's like a forget me not one, you know, like oh, figurines yeah. and stuff. Like I've given those to friends who have lost loved ones and I have one up for my mom and, um, yeah, or just do, I mean, even if you want to be like as crazy as Angela and Eva, like, and like do something that, you know, is, you know, they run this race in memory of their husbands in, in part and also in part to find healing, but just, I don't know, there's something to be said, I feel like for, for doing something in memory of, you know, the person that you lost. I, um, every few years I cut my hair and donate it. Um, cause my mom, um, lost and, you know, I donate it and usually it's going for like a wigs for kids thing, but, um, I do that just like in memory of her because she lost her hair to chemo and had to wear a wig, you know, when she was um, going through cancer. So just something, it's something I still do every few years and just some, something physical that I can do that like just marks the um, memory of her. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. We have friends that lost a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, He he was born with um, some defects and heart defects and stuff. And, um, we, you know, the other friends and I pulled together and bought a tree for them for their yard and, you know, uh, and they, in fact, they moved houses, but she says she'll still drive by and see that tree in the yard growing and strong. And, and then another friend, one of my kids, adult kids, friends lost their grandmother. And I only met this friend a couple times, but I just sent a wind chime um, in mm-hmm. the mail to her. And she's, you know, some of this text, she's like, oh my goodness, my grandma loved wind chimes. And I had Aww. no idea, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, and it probably cost me less than $10, like to ship right. it from Amazon. <laughs> but right. it's just those little things um, that let people know that you're thinking about them and that mm-hmm. you care and that it matters to them. And then it is that memory, like as time goes by, they can look to that. And it's, right. a, you know, a reassuring memory. Um, the biggest loss that we've had is my grandpa 
passed away mm. and he lived with us for five months and he died of cancer in 99. Um, mm-hmm. But I have his grandfather clock in my breakfast nook, you know, all the time. Uh, like yeah. I see, and my grandma still lives with us. They moved in <laughs> right before he passed away and she's lived with us for 20 years now, oh, which wow. is um, amazing. But it's those little things that you just have like, okay, this is special. This is a memory. I have mm-hmm. his cowboy boots that I kept, you know, just stuff like that is, mm-hmm. is important and that we could let people know that it's okay to grieve. Like mm-hmm. that is part of life and that is part of being human totally. and, um, you know, and God can be there with us. And I think that turning to God, even when our hearts are broken, is okay. I, you know, I tell my kids all the time, like, God knows you're sad. It's okay to talk to him about being sad. He's not expecting you to be perfect. Yeah, and even if you're harboring a little anger toward God for your loss, like, that's okay. He can take it. Like, yeah, exactly. There were, there were so many times when my mom was dying that I I felt like it was so hypocritical of God. I went through kind of like this crisis of faith, you know, obviously. Um, I was pretty young and hadn't really established. I mean, I'd been a Christian since I, you know, my whole life, basically. Um, but it wasn't until then that my faith was really tested. And so, but I remember thinking it was so hypocritical of God for to tell me to come to him when he could just fix it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, And so there were a lot of times where I railed against him. I like picture myself going and like banging my hands against his chest and being like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And he just yeah. told me, you know, it's like yeah. this, I don't know. So don't be afraid to talk to God about it, whatever you're feeling. Yeah, I've had that even with very hard days with the mm-hmm. kids we've adopted. I'm like, really? You knew that it would be this hard? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm kind of like the Pollyanna, like, oh, it'll be fine. And I'm like, God, you knew that it would be this hard, and you still put it on our hearts. And I just felt like, yeah, yeah, you knew. I mean, I'm so sorry it's hard right now, but yes, I knew. That is, that is a crisis of faith when you're like, this is really horrible and hard right now. Right, um, right. So, yeah, and it's okay. God can take it. God yes, can. can. Yeah, he can take he can, understands our tears and he, I mean, he was so compassionate with those that were hurting. You know, Jesus mm-hmm. was so compassionate with those that were hurting on earth. I, I mean, yeah, right. just, just trust in that. Mm-hmm. Well, I loved your novel. I am so excited about you as an author. So are you working on more books right now? Yeah, I have. Um, I'm actually working on some indie projects right now um, while my next novel is out on, well, it's about to be out on submission right now. Uh, <laughs> things are a little crazy, but yes. um, but yeah, I am working on a Christmas novella that's going to come out and then uh, like in the fall. And then I'm working on my first um, book in like a romance series um, that'll come out in January. So, so fun. Yeah. Just yeah, we always have away. like yeah, we always have more ideas. <laughs> There's never right? the end of ideas. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm excited about that and just trying to work away right now at uh <laughs> you know <laughs> trying to work in the midst of all this craziness. Um my life hasn't actually changed a whole lot with the pandemic in terms of like I'm still home with the kids and yeah. Um still working during nap time and whatever else. So <laughs> Yes. I know I'm because you know we homeschool. I work from right. home, my husband works from home. Right. Uh my and my daughter who is so like she hardly likes to go anywhere. I have some kids that want to be gone out of mm-hmm. the house doing stuff all the time. And my, one of my teen daughters, she's 17. She like, every time we go anywhere, no, I'll just stay home. She's just very much a homebody. And mm-hmm. she's even like, this is hard even for me. I just want the option to be able to go somewhere. Right. That would change so many things. I might not actually go, but at I least I like, could. Go, but I want the option. 
Right, exactly. Uh, well, I am so glad that you're continuing to write, and we'll just have to let thank me know you. when we get. To, I can share in social media and stuff when those projects come out oh, too. Thank but you. yeah. Um, so again, the novel is the joy of falling. I highly recommend it. Um, so so good. And then, um, so where can people find you if they just want more information about you and your writing? Probably the best place is my website, lindsayharrell.com. That's H-A-R-R-E-L. And yeah, I'm on Facebook and Instagram as well. I would love to connect with you there. And I've got a mailing list. I send out a um, an email uh, monthly just to keep everybody updated on myself and send out uh, pictures of my, my cute kids and them being angels, you know, in those <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love so, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I'd love to connect you. with you there. So. Yeah, thank you, Lindsay, so much. Well, friends, I don't interview very many novelists just because it's hard sometimes um, to talk about a novel without giving the whole novel away because I just want to like share, oh, and this happened and that happened. But what I love about talking with Lindsay is there is so much more behind it. Um, and I think you could really hear her heart and how God changed her and transformed her even through the grieving process. And then how amazing is it that the power of story can do that for us, the reader, too, that um, even as I am reading about these characters in the book, I'm thinking of my own experiences of losing those I love. I definitely, as you heard me say, thought about the experiences that my kids felt and the grief and the layers of grief and grief sometimes that comes out in different ways and griefs that we don't understand. And so even though this is fictional stories, fictional people, fictional situations, there is so much truth underneath it. There's so many things that we can cling to, that we could look in the mirror about, that we can process in our own lives. And that is a truly good novel. And it's not like I'm sitting here reading it and just, you know, turning it into a nonfiction book. But as I'm swept up in the story, there's work that's going on in my mind and heart. And that's what I love. I love that fiction is able to do that. I always, when I teach fiction, Talk about your number one job as a novelist is to connect with your readers' emotions. Um, you know, books that we put down because they're boring or movies um, that are just seem to go so slow, it's because they're not connecting with emotions. And you have to do that in a deeper level by sharing your own heart. And Lindsay definitely did that. And I love how she even talks about, you know, some of her struggles of worries for her kids can go back to that, which is totally understandable. Um, but I love how she's able to use fiction to kind of heal herself or bring healing to herself with God's help and then offer that to other people. Now, here's a quote from a novel <laughs> that I love. Um, so in the joy of falling one of the characters says you know when you've loved deeply and lost deeply it's okay to feel deeply and i love that i'm gonna read it again because it's so good you know when you've loved deeply and lost deeply it's okay to feel deeply and i think so many times when we are going through the grieving process people just expect us like you should be over this or um you should you know that was happened a long time ago like why are you thinking about that i get that again and like Lindsay said like she grieves her mom over and over again, like at a new experience, maybe with her kids or not having her mom there when her babies are born, all these different things. So just, I hope that helps us to remember to be tender with people around us, to know that it's okay for them to feel deeply if they've loved deeply and if they've lost deeply. So 
That's a quote from a character in the novel, but I think that is something that we all need to remember and that we all need to hear. Now, today's um, walk it out verse is 2 Corinthians 1, 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that God is the source of all our comfort, that when we feel like no one understands, no one um, can relate, that God can be there and comfort us and be there for us and give us his peace, even in the midst of our pain. So let me just pray for um, you today. Dear Lord, I pray for every listener out there and all of us have faced grief. All of us have faced loss. And I just pray for healing. I pray for comfort for them now, whether it is fresh grief or old grief, there's there's no such thing really as old grief. It all hurts us, and it's all something that we carry. But I pray that you'll be with them now. I thank you for Lindsay. I pray a blessing on her and her books and her writing and her kids and her marriage, that as she balances being the mommy and writing the novels, that you will just give her peace, Lord. Um, and I think there's so many just worries in our own mind of trying to balance these things. But I pray that she will be encouraged that as she's following your dreams for her, that God, you see her and that you have good plans for her children too. So just, I pray a blessing over Lindsay and her words and her books today, Lord. And I pray um, just in our world today, there are so many things that we're grieving about. And I pray that, um, We will not lash out, but we will just treat each other with tenderness and help us to understand other people's hurts more. And the hurts might not be the same, but hurting is hurting, Lord. And I just pray that you will help all of us to be more tender. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out. I am blessed that you are here. You could always go to walkitoutpodcast.com and find more information. If you are a new guest, welcome. Go back. Go to Walk It Out Podcast. There are so many good interviews I know that you will love listening to. You could always also find it on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Just put in my name, Trisha Goyer. Search for me and this podcast will... Um, pop up, subscribe to it, and then you'll be able to be reminded regularly about the podcast. Also, if you have a chance, leave a review over at iTunes. That just helps more people to discover uh, the Walk It Out podcast. Also, share with a friend. If there's something that you heard today that you're thinking of someone who's grieving that's really having a hard time, share this podcast with a friend and let them know that you are thinking of them and that you care about them. Um, And I just pray that this podcast, these words, Lindsay's encouragement will be a blessing to you today. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.